It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers really going to flip Bama commit Perry Thompson? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. The everydayers out there, like Marcus, know that every Monday we're joined by Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com, as well as the host of Locked On MVP Prospects and a million other things. But today, Lindsey... We are going to discuss the exciting recruiting news that came out over the weekend from Perry Thompson himself. Of course, he has been committed to Alabama for over a year. He committed to the Crimson Tide last June, Lindsay, and there's been a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke that this staff is winning him over, that a flip could be happening for Hugh Freeze and the rest of the, the coaching staff, and he announced on Sunday, Lindsay, that he will be attending Auburn's Big Cat Weekend instead of instead of Alabama's Big Barbecue Weekend, which is huge, huge on the recruiting front. Yeah, I mean, you have a guy that people are maybe unfairly or to him something he doesn't want, but comparing to Julio Jones as far as the type of player he can be, six three two zero five coming out of fully. Uh, he doesn't necessarily love those comparisons. He wants to be his own player. And obviously, being at Auburn would let him do that. Whereas at Alabama, he'd be in the shadow of Julio Jones. Not that I'm making the pitch here or anything. But uh, him coming to Big Cat Weekend is a giant deal. Even the weather agrees. Big be- Thunder happening right now. Yes. yes. Uh, going to be Big Thunder on Big Cat Weekend. Let's go. Because, yes, he's been committed to them for now over a year. It was June 24th of 2022. But... He's coming to Auburn. He's not going to Alabama's event to be with the other with the rest of the class and other potential recruits. He's coming to Auburn's event, where Auburn's class is probably going to be and a bunch of other recruits. And, and you have to feel good if you're Auburn fans that you're getting him on campus more than what the average visit would be. Yeah. All right. And so he took an official visit to Auburn um, last month around mid-June, and kind of told folks it's between Auburn and Alabama, which is big because he's been an Alabama commit for a year Yeah, at this point. And it's just, I mean, this is a, what a lot of people kind of put that big recruiting weekend, that signature recruiting weekend. It's not just an Auburn thing. It's an everywhere thing. And that last weekend of July. And the fact that you're not going to where you're committed to like that's a big deal. Some of the guys that are going, and there's a full list, you know, on all the recruiting sites. But you know, the fact is that Walker White is going to Auburn's, Amon Lane, Jane Lewis, Jermaine, uh, Jamarian Burnett, Kinsley Faustin, Bryce Kane, and Martavius Collins. That's Auburn's class right now. Like if you're committed, you go to this thing, and yeah. it's, it's not not just an Auburn thing. And the fact that he's an Alabama commit and he's not planning to go to Alabama's barbecue is very, very big to me, Lindsay. The only guess that I can make is that uh, 
the the brisket at Alabama's barbecue is way too dry. And he's just, he knows that. He wants to come to Big Cat Weekend. It's better sure. food. Uh, I will point out that he has said it's between Auburn and Alabama. On three's recruiting prediction machine has him at 63.7% for Alabama. Number two is Southern Miss at 10.1. Number three is Troy at 8.6. And then Auburn fourth at 7.2%. So yeah, maybe, they maybe should there's a that. couple kinks to update in the machine. <laughs> Uh, but no, it is big, kind of like like we've both said at this point. Auburn's entire class is at Big Cat Weekend. You've got all your guys, and if you notice, Auburn fans, a lot of these guys are local guys. Auburn's Good recruiting point. the backyard. They're getting the guys from Pike Road or Tuskegee. You know, they've got Mobile. Like, Central Phoenix City is a big one. Yeah, yeah, that's what everybody wants us to get into. Like, Auburn's got the local kids coming to the event, the final event, really of the, the summer before July ends. And you've got Perry Thompson coming from Foley. He's not going to Alabama. And yeah, and, and this, this is it. it. Yeah, you, you mentioned the local aspect of it. Five-star wide receiver Cam Coleman goes to Central. Uh, you mentioned Foley. Obviously, Tuskegee is Joseph Phillips, who's already mm-hmm. committed. And then I'm just thinking more local here. Uh, 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 Pike Road, you got Malik Blockton, who's a guy who's mm-hmm. kind of been on commit watch for a while. Wouldn't be shocked if he kind of made his commitment public uh, this week uh, that that weekend. Um, we'll see. He may be committing before that. Actually, now that I say that out loud, but Red Morgan, a defensive back from Central Phoenix City, and then if you look at the class of 2025, uh, Malik Autry, you know, an Opelika kid who's the, the lone commitment of the 2025 class. But you also got Mal Waldrop, who's a three-star offensive lineman from Central Phoenix City, as well as. Dalen Upshaw, who is a wide receiver from Central Phoenix City. And it's like, I don't care that they're three stars. You get as many dudes from Central as you possibly can to build up that pipeline. Gus Malzahn was not able to do it. Uh, Brian Harson didn't even really try. But Hugh Freeze and the staff is going all in on developing that pipeline, Lindsay, which is crucial, which is such a, such a, such a, such a big deal. But man, just thinking about the idea of you've already got Bryce Kane, a very explosive three-star wide receiver in this class. Yep. But if you were able to get Perry Thompson to Auburn and Cam Coleman to Auburn, wow. I mean, what a I mean, that would that it changes the game. I mean, that's your offense. Like that's your starting offense right there. You you know, you you plug a running back in that spot, which we'll feel pretty good about because Cadillac always does that. Uh you look at a quarterback coming in, maybe there's one at Big Cat Weekend. Probably the only non-local guy there, Walker White. Right. But I mean, Little Rock. Yeah. Yeah. The the idea of being able it's like to get Alabama, your guys, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas. Oh, it's Walker. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But like the idea of being able to get these guys together and do, we always talk about. Like, I I feel like I'm the big one that talks about the chemistry between the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. Sure. You know, and you need them to be close and be good friends and go to each other's birthdays and stuff like that. Like, this is, it's things like this that matter. Like, Perry Thompson's coming to the cookout. He's going to invite Walker White to the cookout. They're going to be friends. That's what we need because mm-hmm. that, that kind of stuff pays off on the, on the football field. So, yeah, yeah. Be very Big Cat, Big weekend. Cat weekend. It's been years since they've had a commitment at Big Cat Weekend. It'd be pretty cool if a flip happened. On Big Cat Weekend. I mean, that'd be very fitting for everything Hugh Freeze and the staff has done up to this point. I think that'd be fitting. I think it'd be symbolic. And uh, yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a fun way to, to end July and then kind of say, okay, let's, let's turn our focus now to the fall camp 
and getting ready for this first season in the Hugh Freeze era. So a lot to be excited about over the next few weeks on the Auburn football front. Lindsey Crosby, the Jack linebacker situation is, is very interesting. And it probably is the position group outside of quarterback that has changed the most since spring practice. We'll discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. You can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel. You can get 10 times your first bet uh, amount in bonus bets up to $200. So just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. And Lindsey Crosby, should people bet on the Atlanta Braves right now? Plus 360 on FanDuel. They are the favorites to win the World Series because they are hotter than hot right now. Yeah, I don't even know like why they're playing the games at this point. I mean, it's we went to the game Friday night. It was a home run derby. Like It was just ridiculous. Matt Olson and Ronald Acuna say they're not in the home run derby. It's because they've been playing the home run derby for the last month. So yeah. there is that. You can sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsey Crosby, our guest, every single Monday. The Jack position's fascinating. The Jack linebacker spot, because not only are you looking at a position group that has really had to reload. But also like this position group was called something else and asked to do something else last year. Right. I mean, it's no longer that edge room. It's the Jack linebacker room and it's all new guys. I mean, yeah. with the exception of Hayden Bryce who played two snaps last year, that's it. Like that's all you're bringing back. And so you go out and you get a bunch of dudes and you think you've got a good idea of what the room looks like in spring because of Keldrick Falk. Well, now we're hearing Keldrick Falk's going to play more defensive end than Jack linebacker. And so I was like, okay, well, we feel okay about Elijah McAllister. I don't think he's like really, you know, jumping off the charts at you, but like he's got a high floor and a lower ceiling than I think some of these guys. But it's changed more than any other position group since spring because of they weren't done. They yeah. weren't done. They go out and get Jaden McLeod, who I think is exceptional, the, the pass rusher from App State. You go ahead and get Steven Sings uh, from Liberty. And all of a sudden, you know, when, and when you move Keldrick Falk to defensive end, it just, the dynamic looks totally different, Lindsay. It looks totally different than it did at the start of spring. Yeah, because like when spring started, if you think about it, you'd lost Dylan Brooks, uh, Derek Hall, Ekuliota, gone, Marcus Bragg out of eligibility. Love you, buddy. Thank you. And so, you like you said, two snaps from Jaden Bryce. You changed the name from uh, from Edge to Jack. And you're doing different stuff. And when spring opens, you've got a bunch of big guys in the room. Elijah McAllister's like 275. Big boy. Uh, Keldrick Falk's a like, little bit bigger than that, like 235, 280 or so. And so it's really easy to kind of look at that on paper when spring starts. And it's like, okay, yeah, 
these are big guys that are going to be doing stuff at the line of scrimmage. They're going to be attacking, you know, uh, rushing the passer. They're going to be like, all these different things. And now when you go and you look at the room, you bring in a Steven Sings, you bring in a Jalen McLeod. They're a little bit smaller guys. Hearing Keldrick Falk's kind of been rotated out of the room. And it's like, okay, you have guys who you feel like could drop into coverage if you need them to. They could obviously pursue sideline to sideline. They could, you know, set edge contain and things like that. And so it's different. It's changed twice. It changed with the coaching staff changing, changed the name. And then before spring and after spring with personnel, it's changed again. And it's like, okay, this needs to be more than just one dimensional. You're playing both forwards and backwards as well as side to side. So I like some of the options that we've put in here. Some of these guys that we've brought in, I just feel like we don't really know what this position is going to be at Auburn because Ron Roberts customizes this position so much for the talent that he has on the roster that year. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, this room could be a lot of different things. It could. And I think the guys do different things, which is exciting. But I like the room until somebody's not available. If it's a situation where last year, you know, Eculiota goes down, it's like, I don't think, I don't think there's that depth there that was there a year ago. Like, I don't know who the Marcus Bragg of this room is. And like, you don't have a Derek Hall. You just don't. Yeah. And so I think when you look at it, I put up a story yesterday on AuburnDaily.com kind of asking, okay, who's going to be the starter? I think it's going to be Elijah McAllister. I don't think it's that crazy. But does Elijah McAllister play like 50% of the snaps at Jack? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Because I feel confident him playing early downs. Mm-hmm. But on third down, like I want McLeod there. If you're not going to put two Jacks on the field, if you're not going to scoot McAllister to defensive end, which it doesn't sound like it's an option now because it's going to be Keldrick Falk, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, if you're in a situation based on how the game goes... You're going to want McLeod on the field more because he's more of a threat to rush the passer, which I think is going to be Auburn's, this Auburn defense's kind of biggest question mark is if, if you could do that consistently. And then to me, Steven Sings is just kind of a not as good Elijah McAllister. I think he's fine. I think he's solid. I think it's beneficial that he's played for Coach Freeze before and Coach, um, Co- uh, gosh, I'm blanking. Jeremy Garrett, you know, the defensive line coach that came from Liberty with Freeze. Like, I think that's beneficial, and so that's good from a culture standpoint as well, but, like, I think his tape's fine. I think he's okay. Um, But I said the same thing about Marcus Bragg a year ago, right? I was really low on Marcus Bragg when he was added, and I'm like, I was the first to admit I was wrong. I was really, really impressed with him when he stepped up and kind of won that job. So um, it's interesting just because not only is the position new, but the entire room is new, and they've all kind of come to this conclusion in different ways so uh it's a position group i'm really really excited to watch yeah i mean the thing that you worry about with this room is because everybody does something different is that you end up telegraphing more what the plan is on defense right if you had the ability to kind of take a magic like person combiner and just combine multiples of players you'd feel good about having two guys that we feel like can be pretty well-rounded options that can do everything. I feel like if we could do that, we would just have two Keldrick Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it'd be fun to give, uh, not really combine them, but just give Peyton Thorne uh, Robbie Ashford's speed. I think oh, it'd that, be over. 
I think that'd be, be a fun one. That'd be that'd be hilarious. But it'd be fun. Yeah, just like I mean, and kind of looking. I I just pulled pulled the roster up, and I mean, you've got guys who were two hundred and fifty pounds in Stephen Sings. You've got two hundred and eighty eight pound Keldrick Falk, which if he's playing mm-hmm. defensive end, that makes more sense. Right. Elijah McAllister at two seventy. Uh, Jalen McLeod at two thirty seven. I mean, it's really hard to just plug and play these guys interchangeably unless you either actively call the defense differently based on personnel, which again, creates tells and things like that. Or you just ask everybody to do everything understand and then just live with the consequences of some guys. Like how well can Jalen McLeod set the edge at 237 versus a guy like an Elijah McAllister at 271? Yeah. He probably can in the Sun Belt, yeah, but I in mean, the SEC, like I just don't feel good about that. Yeah. And so you're really going to have to, I feel like you're going to see this first season on defense for Ron Roberts. I feel like it's going to be a lot of package stuff where you're going to, in specific situations, you're going to swap out three or four guys for three or four different guys. You're going to have a designated, I'm going to, I think the Giants, the New York Giants used to call it a NASCAR package. Like this was their third and long speed rushing package where they had just a bunch of fast guys, big, strong, fast guys on the field. I feel like you're going to have packages like that for Auburn in this first season until you can get another recruiting class in and have the depth uh, and the stars at that position where they can all do everything. Well, you're going to have to replace the whole room again next year, right? Elijah McAllister will be gone. Uh, McLeod will be gone. And Sings will be gone. Like you got, you're, We're going to have to do this again. I mean, we just are. Um, so, I mean, this is, kind of, <laughs> this is kind of part of it. I mean, it's going to be a few-year build for Coach Freeze, and it's like, you got Joseph Phillips coming in, which is nice. You feel yeah. good about that. But like, Brenton Williams you know, will have a year in the system. Yeah, and, and they like him. He had a good spring, and he may play some this fall. We'll see. But yeah, I, I think I think the way Roberts is going to use this position is, is going to rely a lot on his scheme, which is forcing opposing offensive linemen to make decisions, probably less so at the tackle position, which is going to, you know, where these this Jack linebacker is going to be teeing off and hopefully beating them. But I think from like a big picture standpoint and a pass pro standpoint and what the quarterback's communicating and the center's communicating to the offensive line is sure, you may have a Jalen McLeod in at Jack, but like if you have Marcus Harris at defensive end and Jason Jones and Justin Rogers in at your defensive tackles, like that's one thing. But then if you keep McLeod in and let's say you take Rogers out, you keep Jason in, you scoot him into nose and you scoot Marcus Harris down from defensive end to a three technique and you put Keldrick Falk at defensive end, then what do you do? Right? I mean, so I, I think you're going to see a lot of different guys do different things. Cause then like you got Messiah Nasili Kite who can do, he can play the three technique and the defensive end as well. I think you're just going to see a lot of guys do different things. And you're also going to show a lot of simulated pressure. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's going to be a lot of mental processing that these college kids are going to have to do. And I think the thing that's going to be a little frustrating for Auburn fans is I don't think we're going to see it for a while because there's no reason to use it until you go to A&M. Yeah. It's going to be maybe very- in Cal. Maybe. I don't think you'll need to do it against Cal. I'm lower on Cal than most people are. But I do think it's like we're going to have to wait a little bit to see it. You probably flash a couple pressures early at Cal and you just screw them up for the whole game and they're all and they're just seeing ghosts after that. 
Yeah, no, it's going to be something where you're not going to show Darnold. a lot of your cards. You're going to do a lot of of be- beating guys early in the schedule off of athleticism and talent versus right. scheme. You're going to say you're going to save those bullets for conference play when you actually need it. So you may see higher scores earlier in the year than you were expecting, and it's because they're not doing special schemes or special designs in these games. They're playing rather vanilla to not give tape to these conference teams. And that's going to be that's going to be a shock for Auburn fans who are really hoping that the defense is fixed because they saw things they didn't like last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Talking to defensive players, they're excited about what this defense is going to look like. And the Jack linebacker spot is going to be a part of it. Uh, love tackling national narratives that are not true. We will do that next right here. Unlocked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Twitter did a weird thing where you can't see but more than like 600 messages. In the Locked on Auburn Discord, there is no limit to how many messages you can see. So go ahead and join. Uh, A lot of folks did over the weekend. It's a good time. It's a good time. Lindsay, I, I saw this first with a clip that went viral on social media of Brandon Walker, who was with SEC Country. He's now with Barstool. I owe Brandon Walker a lot. I don't have a relationship with him, but he was the first person to hire me to do a podcast job at SEC Country. So I like Brandon Walker when we have this conversation. But he put out a thing talking about how awful the Auburn fan base is. And I'm like, weird, maybe a little lazy, but like, okay, I get it, whatever. That's fine. And then Big Game Boomer comes out, which is a big social media account who kind of, he just makes a bunch of lists. A lot of people hate him. I, I waste my time and read them. You've blocked them. Whatever. That's cool. I muted them. There's a difference. But he did he did a, a list of like the biggest liability for each team this season. And most of them was like cornerback, quarterback, no offensive line. Texas A&M was Jimbo Fisher. Which that's I hilarious. But I like, love that. But that's probably true, right? Yeah. Auburn's was the fan base. And I just don't get any time somebody with a a microphone that reaches farther than mine or anybody any kind of other Auburn focused podcast. <clears throat> they want to tell the story of the toxic Auburn fan base. I'm using toxic, you know, semi sarcastically here about how they treated Brian Harson, but they never. And ESPN did this too with the the, the Brian Harson pump pump up piece where they gassed them up for you know 2,000 words they never want to like acknowledge the other part of it we're like why didn't you do the job like I know we live in this culture where like we really don't like accountability but for some reason nobody ever wants to be like oh well maybe Harson wasn't good maybe Harson did everything he possibly could to like not get along with anybody and the and the Auburn fan base is like no no, we want to win here, and we want to see that you're trying. And we'll be a little patient. 
because we all loved Gus Malzahn. Even folks that didn't like him as a coach, they were like, I like Gus. You know, there's very few people out there that just couldn't stand Gus Malzahn. <clears throat> and even now, I think a lot of Auburn people pull for UCF because they like Gus because Gus was all in on Auburn. And Hugh Freeze, whether what your whatever your opinion was when Hugh Freeze was hired, that's fine. I don't really care, but it was pretty divided. That's fine. But you can't say that this dude's not all in. You cannot do it. Same with Chiswick, same with Tuberville, obviously with Die. Like you just never could say that. He's the only one where you could say that wasn't all in. And for some reason, that part never gets brought up and it drives me crazy. People talk about how the Auburn fan base treated Brian Harson. People don't talk about how Brian Harson treated the Auburn fan base. Like, it's hard to ignore the fact that his family made it clear that they didn't want to be here. They didn't like it here. He didn't he didn't build a pipeline from Auburn High School. Like he didn't try. And then going back, some of the narrative because is the buyouts, right? We've spent all of this money to get rid of all of these coaches. And Gus, I love Gus. I still like I smile when I watch UCF play because I'm like, yeah, go Gus. Sure. I want you to win, buddy. But like people don't acknowledge the fact that literally we did not sign a high school offensive lineman for like a whole like a whole four years like a whole class like these guys that would have been freshmen just were not there as seniors and yeah, so and, well and I think Lindsay there's also the dynamic of when people talk about the buyouts once again it's just it it's Auburn's paid this amount of money to these two coaches they ignore the fact of how few Auburn how many how few coaches Auburn has had since the turn of the century since 2000 is tied for the fewest in the league with Alabama Nobody wants to mention that. Nobody wants to mention the fact of like, oh, well, when we gave Gus that big old contract, he just beaten the number one team in the country two out of three weeks in a row and won the best division in college football. Nobody ever talks about that, how we were a game away from the college football playoff. It's like, what, do you not want to pay him? <clears throat> we supposed to just let him walk after that? No, that'd be ridiculous. That would be absolutely absurd. And then with Harson. You can believe whatever story you want about why Alan Green picked him and how all that developed. doesn't really matter for this, but like you hired him. You gave him a standard contract in the SEC. And it's not that much different than what Hugh Freeze's is. And you realize a month and a half into it, it wasn't going to work. And so you let him, you know, start his second season and it didn't work out and you move on. Like, what are you supposed to do? I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And so like for folks that attack, the buyouts, you got to look at the context. Yeah, I mean, Auburn's alternatives <laughs> were literally keep Brian Harson around and not have to pay a buyout, and you're looking at a three-win season this year. I mean, plain and simple. You know how, you, how, you know how you know Auburn did the right thing? In a world where it's harder to get people two games because it's so easy to go home and it's such a pain to get on campus now and to tailgate because everything, every square inch of campus has been commercialized. Auburn broke the record for season tickets in a season. And they stunk the last two years. Yeah. Auburn fans have hope. That's I not mean, a liability. Get out of here with that crap. And when you, you, you talk about Hugh Freeze being all in, like, look at how much work he's done just since he's gotten here to improve this roster. And Auburn, the fan base sees it, Lindsay. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're with you. But also, we're the liability. 
And I, I do think some of the belief that the fan base at Auburn is toxic comes from the fact that the outside people, people outside of Auburn who don't visit games here, who don't, like, you don't know us, assume that we want to fire any coach that doesn't always beat Nick Saban or Kirby Smart. And I think that's not what we do. We just expect our team to be prepared to play those guys and to do everything we can to be prepared for those games. But our coaches have beaten Saban more than anyone else has. Yeah, I mean, because we know that when you're prepared, when you have the right scheme, you have the right personnel, and you have the right energy level for that game, Nick Saban's not unbeatable. Kirby Smart's not unbeatable. You can take down Georgia. You can take down Alabama. He freezed it two years in a row at Ole Miss. He can do it here. Auburn fans know that. He can do it here. The outside public thinks that our assumption is that should always be the case, that we fired somebody for not being able to beat Saban or beat Kirby Smart. No, it's because they didn't get the team in a position where they had a chance to do that. That's That's why they're gone. That's right. Lindsey Crosby, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Uh, if it still works, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. I have muted <laughs> Big Game Boomer. It's much better in your life. You just mute that account completely. Uh, my <laughs> Auburn baseball writing, AuburnDaily.com, the Atlanta Braves writing, BravesToday.com, and the minor league stuff, Locked in MLB Prospects. MLB drafts coming up in about a week. I'm going to be Ooh. live for that Sunday night. Ooh. Yep. Handful of Auburn guys will get drafted in that as well. You can follow me on socials at Z Black or you can check out all of our written work. Once again, AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been... Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.